Welcome, welcome. This is Cloud Conversations with Rue and Pete, and we are on episode 10. It's great to be with you again today. Uh, however you're watching on YouTube or on uh, Anchor Podcasts or however you consume this, my name's Peter or Pete Rising. I'm a Microsoft MVP based in the northeast of England, and as ever, I'm joined by my good friend Rue Campbell. Hey, Rue, how are you today? I am all good, Pete, all good here, and I. it's really my honor to introduce our guest this show, uh, Annie Malone, MVP, believe in MVP for 14 years running now. Uh, he is a Microsoft certified trainer, uh, author, both technical and fiction, which I'd love to talk to you about at some point. So, Andy, thanks for joining us. No, your absolute pleasure. Nice to see you all. Great stuff. Good stuff. And could you just, uh, you know, kind of uh, introduce yourself to our viewers? Tell us a little bit about yourself and Absolutely. how you ended yeah, up where you are. Andy Malone. I'm an MVP like these two esteemed gentlemen. Um, easy, I'm uh, easy. not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I live uh, just outside Stirling, um, in Scotland, in Bonnie, Scotland. Um, I am a Microsoft trainer for 23 years, actually, um, a long time. Um, so I've, I've, we've, I think we've all been around the block a little bit. Um, and I thought, you know, this is a fantastic community. Um, and it's great to see you guys doing something wonderful as well. So it's fantastic to be on your show. So, hey. Awesome. Great. Really nice to have you here. And I guess, you know, if I'm thinking about it, you mentioned you've been training in Microsoft for 23 years. And just before we started the show, we were talking about, uh, you know, the first exam you sat and everything like that. How, uh, how have you seen things change? Because 23 years is quite, uh, you know, we've really changed a hell of a lot since then. Oh, totally. I mean, um, uh, I mean, the exams, the, the exams, you know, haven't really changed that much. The, the format of the exams have changed a little bit. So we now have things like case studies and drag and drop mm. questions, hotspot questions and things like that. I've been involved in writing a few exams uh, over the years and they're, they're always fun to do. Um, the 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 topics of course have changed dramatically as well so we've gone we we all went through the personal computer era then we went through the client server era and now we're in the cloud era um and we're we're soon to be in the ai and the who knows where we're going to be era in in the in the future but it's been a i think we've all said you know had a fantastic career um and it, and it's been a wonderful career and i've met wonderful people so yeah. Great, great stuff. You'll be looking forward to when restrictions start easing off, I guess, and you can start traveling and holding classes <laughs> in person, I'm guessing. Yeah, I was just, uh, I do a lot of training in the Nordics. In fact, the Nordics is m my number one place to train. So I'm, I'm in Denmark and Norway and Sweden and Iceland and places like that. Cool. Uh, I very rarely train, strangely enough, I very rarely train in the UK these days. Um, but I, I was just actually speaking to my wife this morning, and it's been eight months since I stepped in a classroom. That's crazy. Or it will be eight months, rather. It will be eight months um, by the time I kick off again in August. Um, but I've just had confirmations that the courses will run in person from August. So, um, yeah, it's going to be great to be back in a classroom. You know, but I think nobody anticipated the the massive uptake of online learning everybody thought uh, companies are going to put off the learning and we're going to be very quiet but it's been the opposite we've been crazy busy 
um, the, this year. In fact, you know, we this has been a, our 2020 was our busiest year ever in oh, terms cool. of business. Yeah, and it, it was just amazing. So, right. That, that's quite interesting because that surprised me because, I mean, I know, I mean, personally speaking, I learn better in person. So why do you think that there's been a kind of uh, sudden surge in learning remotely then? I, I think, you know, back, I always remember years ago, you know, when we were, we always said in-classroom training was the best. And a lot of companies wanted to do things on the cheap and, the, you know, the computer learning. Mm-hmm. Well, computer learning in those days was having one of those things called a CD-ROM that you stick in a machine. And you remember those things? Mm-hmm. Um, and you, uh, you, you just go through the training yourself. But there was no interactivity with it. It was just like reading a book. Um, but the, this is truly interactive. So tomorrow... I'm teaching a class of 15 people and I can see them all. I can interact with them. We can ask each other questions and they can show me their screens if they're having problems. So I think it's the next best thing to kind of in-person training. And it's just, it's just exploded over this year, you know? Um, so that's definitely one of the plus pluses of, um, of, of coronavirus. Awesome. Good stuff. And I guess, you know, if I think more about your kind of training career, uh, am I correct that you run your own training company? Is that right? Yes, I did. I originally started in in uh, in Scotland, actually, in Edinburgh. When I graduated from uni, I worked for a company called CTEC, um, Computer Training Education Centres. So I, I worked for them, and I remember my very, very first teach was Microsoft Excel 2.0. I remember, <laughs> teaching, I remember teaching that, and then... From that, I then progressed to become a technical trainer, and I was one of the uh, initial or early MCSE technical trainers, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I started there, and we then formed our own company. Well, I, actually, I left I left CTEC, and I got a job, and I always remember it was Christmas 1999, and the company I worked for, the guy came to me on Christmas Eve and he says, Andy, I'm closing the company on Christmas Eve. And I thought, you know, I'm never going to go through that again. I'm going to form my own company. And I did. And then we never looked back. We never looked back. You know, you're always afraid of, oh, will I work for somebody else or will I take that risk? Mm-hmm. And, and we took the risk. And here we are, 22 years or 20 20 almost 20 years later yeah so it's good that's awesome i mean we we've uh we've spoken to another guest on the show recently who's an independent consultant and it's something that peter and i discussed in so far as it feels like a risk taking that step but oh, yeah. I, I guess for you it's it's a risk either way because you're at the mercy of an employer fundamentally if, if you know, everybody says that to me. What I did is I decided I took um, I took a contract, you know. So the, my first job, I remember it was with ScotRail. Um, <laughs> and I, I took a contract and I thought, you know, what happens when this contract ends? So I, I, I got something like 10,000 leaflets printed about my own company. 
and uh, we I what I paced the streets of Glasgow and Edinburgh <laughs> and Aberdeen and Dundee and and knocking on doors and so by the time this contract had finished a lot of my own work had taken over and from then right. on we never looked back you know and and we kind of focused on in person training on site training so i hired trainers and it was fun it was good those were good early days <laughs> Awesome. I like I like the hustle of uh, walking around the streets of Glasgow, <laughs> handing out flyers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm just absolutely loving this so far, and I'm I'm, I'm just remembering that I'm actually the co-host of this show. But I'm just, just <laughs> loving this conversation. I'm just listening like a viewer and, and taking this all in. This is brilliant stuff. So, um, but 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 yeah, I have um, as Rue was alluding to, we I don't know if I could ever make that leap to to work for myself. I have a philosophy in life of never say never, but um, mm. but but who who knows what's around the corner but um it, yeah. it seems like a bit of a leap for me to to make that step i must admit but everybody is different so yeah, um absolutely. i mean some people you know i've been offered many jobs through the years um <clears throat> but when you just look at the flexibility you know i mm. you know i'm you know we're doing house upgrades and things here and i'm mm. singing you know I, i'm sorry i can't work for you this week or i can't do that next mm. week you know i actually you know i'll be honest i've only got six customers in the world i only have six customers yeah um but they're pretty big customers so yeah. you know they, they keep me pretty busy and that's um, the way to do it isn't it to get people, yeah. customers who are sticky to you and will always come back and that yeah. loyalty and, and, and to be honest, we're not just customers they're friends oh they're yeah friends, and i think if if you give a great job and and you're basically part of their company you know mm, yeah. um and they make they make me feel part of the company which is which is always wonderful you know um so yeah i, I think that's the you know always treat your good customers well you know Oh, spot on. And yeah. um, the way you're working at the moment, delivering the training remotely, as we have been in in COVID times, how are you doing that at the moment? What tools are you using? Is it Teams or a different platform? What, what, what is it you're using to do that? You know, um, I, <laughs> I, think, yeah, I, I think this year I have, or last year, I think I've taught every single platform going. <laughs> So I think what did we start on? We started GoToMeeting. Remember that? You mm -hmm. know that one? Yeah. Oh, the Citrix one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, we did that, and then we worked on Zoom. I love mm. Zoom, by the way. <laughs> 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 you Microsoft EU, uh, and but and of course Teams as well. But Teams is very different to Zoom. It's a different product. Hmm, you know, agreed. you can't you can't really compare Teams to any of the other products. Um, it's a very different platform. Um, so you know, people always say to me, Andy, why do you use a Mac? Because I use all Apple devices. I don't use Microsoft devices or PCs or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the reason being is it, it's not about the device. It's about how I can consume my information. And I think where, that when Satya Nandela uh, took over Microsoft, that was one of his mission goals. You know, you didn't have to use Internet Explorer. You didn't have to use a PC. You don't have to use windows you know there are other platforms out there and let's face it i mean i'm you know i'm using microsoft word i'm using microsoft outlook i'm using azure and 365 um but i'm just consuming it on a different platform yeah you know? 
Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Pete, I think you're a you're a Mac OS guy, aren't you? You you do most of your work on a Mac. Yeah, I've been working on a Mac as my primary device since about 2014, and I've yeah. I've never gone back. I mean, I do have Windows. Yeah devices as well, which I need to use in certain situations, but my Mac is my device of choice. I'm on that right now, and I absolutely love it, and I totally agree with you. It's uh, yeah. it's easy to use Microsoft Office 365 on it. It works just, just re works. really nice. Yeah, it just works. In, it just in, in, works. I love it. I love the fact that it just, <laughs> just works. Yeah, yeah in the words no, of the late no Steve Jobs. Hacks or extra drivers or anything mm. like that that you need to do. You know, it just works, and that's what I appreciate. I feel like I need to step in here and defend Windows, but I'm not going to. Because I mean, oh my God, I love Windows. <laughs> you know, I love Windows. We, I've run Windows in a virtual machines, <clears throat> of course, all of that, of course. And, and you know, actually, when I first moved to, to a Mac, somebody says to me, um, why did you move to a Mac? And uh, I, I was looking for a thin, light laptop at the time. And I, I remember I was traveling around. I, I had a Dell what was it? It was a Dell Latitude. Um, and this thing was like a nuclear reactor on my back. And I fly a lot on planes. And this thing was just like, it was bigger than two tables, you know? Mm. And, 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 you know, guys were talking about, oh, how, you know, have you got 32 or 64 gig of RAM? Nobody needs that RAM in a machine anymore, you know? So I went into a store and I says, what's the best? laptop that you've got and the guy said get a macbook i says he says you can try it for a week if you don't like it bring it back i've never looked back oh, absolutely never. enough the, the one thing that i i do have to give credit and, and just to be clear i do use a, a macbook as my personal device and yeah. i think that when you look at really the form factor that apple introduced with things like the macbook air that was yeah. such a that was such a kick up the rear end for a lot of the other established windows developers and I think totally. now the Surface devices, they're really cool. I was going to say, actually, you know, Microsoft in the last few years with its devices division, has uh, they have been very innovative. They have got some very cool hardware. Yeah. Um, and they're doing, they're doing really well. Uh, and good luck to them. You know, absolutely good luck to them. Yeah, I remember when the Surface devices first came out. At the time, Steve Barmer was still in charge of Microsoft. And I think the rationale for introducing them at the time was that Microsoft were frustrated with the type of devices that the traditional vendors were still putting out there. And they wanted to say, well, no, this this is what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. And um, and still, I think, if you look at um, some of the big names of uh, uh, vendors who put out Windows 10 devices to this day, I still don't think they look half as good as, as, as the surfaces. So they're, they're not really, for me, catching totally up. Agree. Yeah, totally agree. Mm, totally yeah. agree. Agreed. Yeah. I guess kind of switching back and thinking more about your training, uh, I'm aware that you, for, for starters, you run a YouTube channel. But before I get into <clears throat> talking to you about YouTube, uh, my uh, my wife, she works as a, as a lecturer and she's got her fair share of ridiculous, <clears throat> funny, crazy stories about students that maybe aren't the best students if you've been teaching for over 23 years you must have some cracking uh, incidents of students that are memorable is that the right I've term had, i've had peaches <laughs> i've seen i've seen everything i've seen this you know that you've seen that you know um i've seen this hello you know all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> yep. 
What have I seen? Uh, I remember I once taught a SharePoint class, a SharePoint server class, and the classroom, uh, they were all facing me, right? So I couldn't see their screens, right? And I said, is everybody okay? And this was like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. Is everybody okay? Everybody fine? Everybody getting on okay? Yes, everything's fine. No problems at all. And um, two o'clock in the afternoon, this guy stands up and he goes, and he, and he starts saying lots of bad words, uh, which I won't repeat here. Um, <laughs> and, and he starts jumping up, very upset, very irate. And, and I said, what's wrong? Are you okay? He says, this is not working. I, I says, well, let me see. So I went round. He hadn't even switched on. And this was halfway through the course? This was two o'clock in the afternoon. He'd <laughs> been so... Uh, he couldn't even find the power switch to switch it on. Oh, good grief. Uh, so what have they been so, doing all day? I have no idea. I said, <laughs> I said, he said to me, I want my money back. And I said, I don't think oh so. I'm sorry. You know, <clears throat> if you hire a car and you decide not to drive it, it's not my fault, you know? Yeah. Um, That's the guy that just wanted to day out the office. That's what that was. <laughs> yeah, my, my other favorite one was I, at the beginning of every course, every instructor, you, you do this on a course. I think it was Windows Server 2000 I was teaching mm -hmm. long time ago. And at the beginning of the course, we, you know, we get, we introduce ourselves and then we get the students to introduce themselves, you know, and, you know, we go through the class. My name's John. I work for Dell or Peter or whatever. And uh, then we get to this lady and this lady, I uh, says, what's your name? She says, Mary. Uh, and I says, okay, Mary, um, what, what do you do? She says, I work for IBM or something like that. I says, fair enough. I says, what kind of, uh, computer did you work with? She says, I don't know. I went, no, you, you don't know? She says, no. I says, well, what, what, kind of, what kind of box, what kind of server is it? And she said, it's a big blue one. <laughs> <laughs> she does work for IBM. There you go. <laughs> you know, and I was in, I I was in um, two years ago, I was in Kuwait teaching a course uh, as you do, you know, as you do. And um, I was teaching a CISSP, which is a Certified Security Professional course. And um, we do um, a pre-course test. And generally, the average passing score is 22. And everybody got 22, 24, 25 in the, in the class, except one lady. And she got six. Oh, and I thought, oh, no, this is going to be a, this is going to be one of those. This is going to be a nightmare. And at the end of the course, we did a post-course test. She got 98. What? Out of 100. Wow. So how did she, was, how did she do that? So, how did she improve so much? I mean, she just learned and listened. Wow. I, I, I got to take my heart off to it. That was amazing. Yeah. You know? So never prejudge somebody. You know? Absolutely. You know? So... Yeah, completely. But uh, Rue gets some pretty high scores on Microsoft uh, exams. He's uh, consistently been in the the nine hundreds, which is very good, mighty not, impressive. Did, not in my last few. I did. There was a few that were kind of shoe ins because it's stuff I was working with every day. <laughs> but I recently, I recently took the SC code exams and I did the oh, yeah. the SC two hundred. Uh, 
And I thought I would do okay with that because I work with Microsoft Defender all the time. But yeah. there was so much to do with Sentinel and more specifically KQL, which I don't work with so much. Yeah. It's not on a regular basis. And I yeah. came out of that thinking, oh, there's no way I've done that. But scrape to pass, so happy with that. But, you know, you don't always I mean, know what you're going about, into. You know, guys always say to me, Andy, uh, how do I pass this exam? Do I need to get 900? Do I need to get this? You need to pass. Exactly. That's a pass it. is a pass. 700 doesn't make any difference. You passed, mate. That's mm. it. Well done. I've had exactly 700 one time. Yeah, I've had, so have I. I've had yeah. 700, what, you know. <laughs> everybody has. And anybody who says they haven't is is telling you lies. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, yeah. A, a colleague of ours not too long ago but felt really felt for him. He got 699, which is harsh. Oh, but... <laughs> that, is that shouldn't be allowed. That's no, really that painful. <laughs> but, I don't uh, think that is allowed, is it? But really? then he actually smashed it the next time. It's just it's yeah. look at the questions on the day, isn't it? And um, I always getting... say that you know if some some you know I'll say that to the class. I'll say if you get if you're getting six fifty six eighty six ninety, you're you, and you fail, go mm. back in the next day and do the exam. Yeah. Um, but if you're getting four hundreds, five hundreds, you need you've not done enough work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. six fifty upwards. You're there or thereabouts, and um, we, we were talking a bit earlier about the um, the, the first three sixty five exams that were about a few years ago. The old MCSA, the seven or three four six and three four seven, and they were the yeah. first exams that I did in the well in in, in the modern era, shall we say? Yeah. And I got through the three four six no problem. I got a, a really decent score. I got eight late eight hundreds or something, and then I yeah. took the three the three four seven. Um, and a I, tough exam. That's a tough exam. Yeah. <laughs> the three four seven. Yeah, yeah. Well, I failed that the first time. Um, yeah. I got um, what did I get? I got something like six five three, and I and I was I was devastated, really devastated. But I thought, no, I'm going to go. And uh, I remember I got a bunch of questions on Office three sixty five telemetry on that one, uh, yeah. which like, who uses that? I've, I've never <laughs> exactly. I've, I've exactly. never come across anybody who uses. It, but I got a ton of questions I on know, that. I and know. then I re I revised solidly for telemetry for the reset. And a couple of weeks later, I went back and took it again. And I think I got one question on telemetry on that one, and yeah. got through with a sort of mid seven hundred score. So it, it's going to vary on the day, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, actually, there is a secret to taking an exam. Oh, if you no. want to take an, I'll tell you some secrets to taking an exam. Just between us take three, them, <laughs> take them early. Yeah. Always take an exam yes. early because the pool of questions is very small. Mm. Yes. Um, whereas um, if you take an like the SC exams at the moment, the pool <clears> of <throat> questions is small, right? Mm. Um, but as they grow, it will get more and more in, in depth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on, on the subject of exams, do remember as well that the exams only last a year now as well. Mm. That was quite controversial. Yeah. yeah, that's a big change. Um, and and people think, oh, what that's awful. But actually, um, I just went through the the my updates for my um certified administrator expert. expert. Yeah, MCE. And I did the the update things for it. And I thought I'll just wing it. You know, I'll just I won't even look at it. So I just went right through. And it was, and, and it said, okay, you failed. I went, what? And it was all new stuff. Mm. It was stuff that I'd never seen or never heard of. Um, but then when you actually go through it, 
it, it takes you like 20 minutes to go through it and then you pass, of course. Yeah. yeah? Mm. But, and that's the point. The point is they're forcing you. Well, not forcing you. That's a strong word. But they're making suggestively that you learn these new features. Yeah, yeah. encouraging you to stay fresh and up to date. And um, exactly. I've, I've got about four of those to do myself for my enterprise administrator expert. There's, there's a few that, and I've been putting them off because I've just not had time. But you will um, but um, but yeah, I mean, what I'll probably do is what what I do find good for for taking any exams in the first place with Microsoft is that the learning paths now on MS Docs are are actually pretty good. That I, that, yeah. that's pretty much all I've ever used to get through the, the to be Microsoft honest, that's, that how we write the, that's how that's where the questions come from. Hmm? A yeah. lot of the questions when we write the questions, that's where they come from. One one piece of advice I heard, uh, and this was from a. Microsoft Certified Trainer who will remain anonymous until I've confirmed that I'm allowed to say this. But my understanding is that when uh, the writing process happens for an exam, there has to be the, the, whoever's writing that question has to be able to reference back to what at the time would have been a Technic article or a Docs article. There has yeah. to be some reference back to official Microsoft documentation. Yeah. Is that correct? Insofar as if you, it's all there basically, you just have to learn it and remember yeah. it. Um, and if there are changes, if there is a change um, to that article or if something, let's say, you know, micro, I mean, we're life in the cloud, you know, the, the menus change on a weekly basis. If something yeah. changed, that question is dropped immediately. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. That's really good. Yeah. And so, it, I mean, I guess it must be quite a dynamic system then insofar as it must, the, the folks at Microsoft must be able to update the, the pool of questions quite easily yeah the exams are updated all the time there's like monthly meetings right um which talk about the exams and then you get together in a room in toronto or in vancouver or wherever and and you just cram and at the, you know you go for a week and then at the end of the week you come out with an exam you know <clears throat> uh, and then it goes into beta um you can try your luck at beta exams and then, you know, that's where we gather a lot of feedback on the questions, help if there was any issues with the questions that you had. Um, and if not, then the question goes live. And that was it. Awesome. Awesome. That's really good. That's good insight into how the Absolutely. kind of process works. Because some folk think it is quite a mystified process, but it's nice to hear that how, how it comes together. Yeah. yeah. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of psychology in it as well. There's a lot of psychology built into it. Uh, into the questions as well. Yep. If in doubt, choose option E. That's my, that's my choice. Go middle. Yes, yes, yes. Well, uh, you've got one in five chance. <laughs> yeah. question. Well, yeah. well, here's a good question. Uh, just this is obviously personal and it's entirely subjective. Let's say there's a question which could go either way. You're not really sure. Maybe it's a bit of a stab in the dark. Do you ever go back and change your answer after you've committed to something? Because okay. I'm a I'm a gut feel kind of person. But... I always I would trust. Yeah. So people always ask me this question as an instructor. <laughs> I would say go with your gut feeling, mm. right? Read the question thoroughly. Yes. Oh yes. Read the question thoroughly. Look at the answers. Eliminate the obviously wrong answers. Read the question again and then select the best answer, right? Um, and remember processes in, you know, things flow in the right way. Um, you know, especially with drag and drop questions, 
um, often they're, they're put in the wrong order. Some of the easiest questions are actually PowerShell. And mm. a lot of people say, oh, I hate PowerShell or I love PowerShell or whatever. Mm. But a lot, of, a lot of people hate PowerShell. How am I ever going to get it? Read the question. Mm. PowerShell is logical. And the answer is right there, you know, in many cases. Yeah, just look so, at the name of the commandlet and it exactly. kind of tells you what it's going to do. Exactly, exactly. I do think we should have lifelines in exams, though. We should have, uh, we should have like kind of who wants to be a millionaire style lifelines, you know? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. 50, 50. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Uh, cool. I guess, you know, shifting gears a bit and talking again more just about the training process, because you currently run a, a YouTube channel, uh, which you put out a lot of content on. I don't want to know, if, I don't want to say it's every week, but it seems to be consistently you're putting out training videos on. Really, normally, to do with... normally it is every week, but I've been thrown nice. out of my room, so I can't <laughs> do one this week. Um, but actually, I'm training for the next three weeks in here, so uh, maybe I will do another couple. But I try and do one every week, yes. Um, and this was just because of lockdown, actually. And I, I, I started with something like 20, 20 <laughs> subscribers. And just in in a year, it's just over a year actually, and I've now got what two and a half thousand or something. Two wow! Yeah, <laughs> nice. So it's it's yeah, it's really picking up, and I'm getting great feedback as well. And people ask such great questions, and I I want it to be a community, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, no no question is stupid, uh, in my opinion. And if I can. It, one of the great things about a trainer is, you know, if I can help somebody, if somebody, if that light bulb goes on for somebody, that's, I've done my job and I love that part of my job. And also it's a great way for me to contribute to my MVP award as well. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you don't know the answer, you don't know the answer. So there's absolutely right. There's no such thing as a stupid yeah. question. And that's the only way yeah. you're going to learn by asking that question. Yeah. And so and many that, people that, are afraid to pipe yeah. up, aren't they? That's right. So and that's the great thing about the IT community. It's okay mm. if you don't know the answer because Completely. somebody will, somebody does and it's a wonderful community. We all help each other, you know? It really is. You know? It really is. And you mentioned your MVP there and um, I'm in my first year as an MVP, so I'm a baby hey. MVP. So thank awesome. you. <laughs> so I was awarded last October for the, for the very awesome. first time, which uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled about. But um, but it's a, it's a nice little sort of bow, bow on just the, the community journey. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. I, I do it for the love of it because I, I love being part of that community, as you say. But yeah. you've been doing this for 14 years. Can you sort of share a little bit about um, when you originally were awarded and how has the program sort of changed? <laughs> I knew and, you were going to ask that. And, and, and grown in this time. I've got a confession to make, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to give you a confession that I've never told anyone, okay? Oh, an exclusive. <laughs> an exclusive, okay? Back in the day, um, I, I, got in, I, I got invited. There was a lady at Microsoft. Her name was Eileen Brown. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was part of the part of the influencer team uh, at TVP, and they said, "Andy, there's this. You're a bit of an influencer." I wasn't an MVP at the time. They said, "You're a bit of an influencer because um, I was doing a lot of speaking and stage work and stuff for guys." They said, "We're running an event uh, in Las Vegas. Would you like to go?" I went, "Absolutely," <laughs> and it was CES. And it was, it was when Microsoft were just about to release 
um, Windows, was it Windows Vista? It was Windows Vista. And they, they paid for me to go out to Las Vegas to CES. They put us in a hotel, uh, the works, and all the product guys came in. They were handing out, uh, you know, laptops. They were handing out books, big books. Oh, it was fantastic. The gifts we got, it was like great stuff, you know. Uh, we got to meet Bill Gates. Um, I met Bill Gates. Um, I've met him twice, actually. Um, very nice guy. We had great conversations together. Um, yeah, and, and it was like, great. And then the next year, well, the, the, after that, they said to me, all right, we've got this thing called MVP. Would you like to be up for it? And I said, yeah, sure. What, you know, she said, what would you like to be an MVP in? And I said, oh, I don't know. Uh, she, she says, how about deployment? I went, yeah, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. What a deployment. <clears throat> and I went out to Redmond, and I'll never admit this to anyone, but and I was sat there in this room with all these guys. I hadn't a clue what they were talking about. <laughs> Not a deployment expert then. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> It was like over the top of my head. And then the, the year after, I said, you know, we better change this to security. because <laughs> <laughs> And I've been security MVP ever since. Oh, I, <laughs> love I do that. know security. <laughs> I love that. Because the way it works now when you get nominated, of course, is that um, they decide based on your contributions where they're going to yeah, put you, which category, which, which makes sense, doesn't it? So Yeah, of course. Yeah. And that's it. it's all about contribution. It's about what can you, it's about what you can give to the community as well. What can you share? It's about sharing your knowledge. And ultimately it's about influencing, you know, we're influencers at the end of the day, you know, um, but being unbiased, I think that's an important mm. thing. You know, we're, mm. we're not biased. Yeah. And mm. Microsoft, like one of the things that Microsoft really like is you tell them as it is, they, yeah. they like that. You know, if you think it sucks, tell them it sucks. It's okay. You know, because sometimes they like a fresh pair of eyes on something, mm. you know, which is. Yeah, I've, I've heard that a lot as well, um, that, that they want that honest feedback there because ultimately they want to be able to improve their products. They, they want really? people to, to be able to use them easily and, uh, and, and like them rather than be saying, oh, Teams doesn't do this. Or the, and we want to be getting to a point where people are saying, oh, isn't Teams wonderful, all the stuff it does, rather than, oh, it doesn't do this very well. Yeah. So where are you yeah. going to get that feedback if, uh, if your influencers are, are afraid to pipe up and say, well, actually, I think this would work so much better if it just did this little tweak and it's quite often just a little thing isn't it so yeah yeah absolutely but i mean the, the, a lot of the products have tit for tat things going on like teams versus zoom this feature versus that feature you know um mm. but you you're right i mean there are some products though that you can't you know compare and they love you know i love it when they come to me and they say you know how can we improve this product and the way the process works at microsoft they basically brainstorm everything. You go into a room in Redmond and they brainstorm of it. You know, everything's like, this is the must-haves. This is the would-likes. Mm. And this is the, you know, oh, yeah, th these are the things that we would really like in the future. And they take those <clears throat> bits out and that's how they develop their products, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. 
Absolutely. And um, I mean, as an MVP as well, and, uh, and and a trainer, you're obviously very, very comfortable with with speaking and being in front of an audience. And you've spoken at a, a, a large amount of conferences in your time. Is, is nerves ever something you've struggled with in, in that regard? And are you looking, mm. I think you've already alluded to this a little bit, are you looking forward to getting back to in-person events? I think the answer is probably oh, yes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I remember... Um, you know, it's funny sometimes. We, uh, the la my, my last conference was actually uh, Microsoft Ignite. Uh, you remember they did the roadshow? Um, mm, just the at tour. the beginning of 2020. Yeah, the tour. Well, I did Dubai and I did London. And yeah. I thought they were just sending me onto a, a small stage mm. in London. And they sent me to this enormous stage. <laughs> and the mm. room was mega packed. And there was must have mm. been like five, well, at least 3,000 people in this room. Yeah, uh, and it was great. And and initially, when you go, you go, oh, right. But yes, you do get nervous. Of course, you do. But if you know your stuff, um, and you just you basically you're prepared. You stand on stage, and you can't see them anyway. All you see is bright light. To be honest, um, and when when you stand on stage, you just the, my greatest advice to be somebody who wants to be a speaker is treat the treat the audience like you're speaking to one person. Oh. Okay? Love just it. see them as one person and then, yep. you know, treat them. And, and you just, you go on a speaking skills course, like you look over here, you <laughs> look over here, and then you look over here so that everybody feels like they're being part of it, you know? Yeah, like you're looking at them. But um, yeah. fantastic. That Excel event, the the Ignite the Tour ones, I went to two of those. I've never been to the, the big Ignite in the States, but I went to the last two UK ones at Excel London yeah. and thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. told the, the the big daddy Excel, that not Excel, Ignite is is way way on a different scale. But that, thirty thousand people, it's it's just unbelievable. I, oh, is it good? Is it? I don't know. It, it <laughs> used to be. I love it. We used to have a thing called Microsoft Tech Ed. Mm -hmm. I loved Tech Ed. And I tend to I tend to favor European events. I think European events are way better than some of the American events. Sorry. I've got to say that. The lunch yeah. is better. Well, in all, likely, in all likelihood, as we go back out into the world, I, I, I envisage it being very unlikely that me personally, um, I, I can't really see me getting to too many international events purely because of my personal life. I've got a, a child with very severe autism, and it's very okay. difficult for me to get away from home for, for long periods of time. So um, travel within the UK is pretty pretty easy for me, but mm -hmm. um, the, the I've been over the pond of the States before in the past, but the, the, the thought of doing that now and being that far away from my son is um, not saying I'm not something I'm going to be ready for uh, in the immediate future. I don't think that. so. That's understandable. But yeah. um, but yeah. we shall see. We shall see. But I know that Microsoft are probably going to be talking about w when they're opening up for in-person events that pe people with that mindset who don't want to or can't travel for whatever reason can still participate in the way that Absolutely. they have done in a hybrid way. So that's great that they're going to be able to do that now. I think hybrid is the way. I think hybrid will be the way in the future. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think this kind of um, the way that we're doing this, I mean, you know, where you, whether you're in person, you're seeing the event on stage and also broadcasting is great rather than a pre-canned thing. One of the mm. things about some, you know, if I can criticize now about this year's Ignite is a lot of the sessions were pre-canned. Everything's pre-canned mm. to, mm. make, to make them all look good, you know? Yeah. And the problem, once you start doing that, you start losing something. 
you know, you take the human element out of it, don't you? you because are, it's you too are. polished. You are. It's too polished, and then it becomes a commercial, mm-hmm. uh, and and people don't want that. They want it real, you know. So that's why I'd, I always think in-person events uh, will always win. And you you haven't been to your uh, your MVP summit yet either. Your first MVP summit. Indeed not. Um, no, that was all virtual for me as well. Yeah, so. you definitely got it. If you can go to that, definitely go mm. to that. It's wonderful. It's I've wonderful. been told that, yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. We shall have to see if uh, if I can make that happen, um, if, if that comes back, which I'm sure it will. Yeah, yeah. It's only five days or four days or something, but it's it's definitely worth def- you know attending. Awesome. Good stuff. And, you know, if I'm thinking more about, you know, we're talking about the kind of community things that you're up to, and not only do you kind of contribute with your training resources to things like YouTube and things, you also, you've contributed to two IT security books, Mm -hmm. uh, which puts you in good company because uh, Peter wrote the MS500 exam reference, the security exam reference. So I'm surrounded by IT security authors here. That's (laughs) one of my favorite courses to teach, actually. The MS500, yeah. yeah. It's, um, it, it's funny you should bring that up because I was just contacted by the publishers just a few days ago to say um, we're, we're looking to update it because as you said already, Andy, the, the outlines change frequently Constantly. and to, to, to modify the content in the online form and the digital form is pretty easy. It's, it, yeah. it sucks a bit in terms of the print copies, but um, um, I, I, as an author, as somebody who wanted to write a book all my life, um, I, I, I selfishly quite enjoyed having the real full paper version in my in my hand yeah, there you go quick okay. there you go and um you know there's nothing like it is there there's nothing like feeling that book with your name on it, it oh, so true I so true it. because i, I would it. never i'm a sort of a modern work uh, technology sort of person i'd never actually buy a physical book really anymore myself i'm kindle all the way in <laughs> but uh, my yeah. own book no i want the real thing but yeah. but yeah it's it's sort of like a car though it's sort of dead on arrival in the sense that when you drive it off the forecourt the value is all out of it because the technology is ever ever moving yeah. and changing um doesn't matter mate you're a published author well done uh, yeah uh, one can ever take something like that away from you they can't yeah. take it away no they can't take it away yeah. How, do, how do both of you guys, how do you both find the writing process? Because from outside looking in, I mean, that's a heavy book, Peter. There's a lot of words in that. I mean, how do you sit down and plan, here's what I'm going to write and put it all together and make sure make sure it makes sense? Well, all me, my writing doesn't make sense. <laughs> your writing does make sense, honestly. <laughs> well, what I, what I did, I mean, I had no idea how I was going to go about it, but I got a lot of help from the publishers. I mean, uh, Pact Publishing, who uh, are based in, in, in the UK and Birmingham, but their, their uh, editorial team are over in Mumbai and in India, and a lovely, lovely bunch of people. And they gave me a ton of help and advice uh, how to plan the outline for your book. You start with the outline, and... It's an advantage starting with something like an exam guide. I've only written um, exam guides so far. If I go to something else, that'll be a totally different experience, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Because with the exam guide, you've got to stick to the outline. It's all there mm-hmm. for you, what you've got to write. Yeah, uh, it's very structured. So that made it a lot easier. And what I did was I, I basically looked at the docs.com um, content and a few other bits here and there. And I, um, I sort of copied and pasted and and then rewrote and put in my own take and and and, and it, because you've got to stick it's quite a quite a fine art in in the sense that you've got to not stray too far away because it's 
it's an exam outline and you've got to stay true to that. But you've also got to avoid plagiarism, which is very, very difficult. But the publishers yeah. help you with that as well in the sense that they've got tools which will which will detect that sort of thing. They can search all around the internet and if, if they have a match of, of something, they'll detect it. And I was lucky in that book there, the MS500, there was only one thing that came up. Um, and it was on one of the uh, sort of imaginary exam questions that I put in at the at the end in, in the mock exam that I did. It obviously um, came out of my head, but it was too similar to something else that they'd found out there on the internet, which uh, yeah. Yeah, so I had to revise that a little bit. But um, yeah. but yeah, I absolutely loved the process. That's good. Cool. Cool. And, and, and Andy, you've not only written, you know, kind of IT technical books, you've also... Uh, written, I believe, so you, you, you have a trilogy, and my understanding is you've got the first two books of that have been published, and the third yes. one is on its way. Uh, that's called yeah. The Seventh Day. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's won like an Ippian Award, uh, the first book in the series. And I've actually started listening to it. You've, you've kind of done something quite interesting on YouTube there. You've started recording it as an audiobook, publishing I did. It I, you know, that was just for fun. I, I wasn't seriously going to... A few people have said... Will you do it? And I just thought, I'll just throw a few chapters out there. Sure. I'm, I was actually thinking of maybe doing some more once I get back in my my proper office because this this room's quite echoey for it at the moment. But um, but yes, I'm I'm going to do some more. Um, but it, the idea was just to give you a flavour of it, and and uh, no, that was fun. It was it was. I'd always wanted to write a book, uh, always, mm. and I've always wanted to do fiction. Yeah. Um, no offense against Peter, but <laughs> um, a lot of people have asked me, Andy, can you do technical books? And uh, I'll do chapters. I'll write chapters and I'll, I'll contribute to technical books. Absolutely. Anytime you want me to, I'll do that. But I, I just don't have the patience <laughs> to write a technical, a full book. Right. Um, but novels, on the other hand, I love writing novels. Um, oh. I love the creative process and I, you know, um, and I love learning as well. And also I always said that in my books, uh, I'm not going to write about a place unless I've actually been there. Mm. So when I was researching my book for shadows rising, um, part, uh, quite a lot of the story takes place in the Vatican. So I wrote to them and, um, I got an invite, so I went. We went wow. out to Rome, and we went to Vatican City. Cool. We went to the. We were met uh, by a cardinal, and we were given a, a personal tour of everything. I've seen everything. Wow! So everything that's in that book uh, is real. Everything and every location in my book is real. You know, um, and a lot of the science is real as well. So I, I, I wanted to kind of. It's fiction, but you know, could it happen? You know, yeah. <laughs> so you've told us a bit there about the setting, uh, or yeah. one of the settings in the book. Can you can you share with us a little bit about your protagonist and uh, and the yeah. journey and, um, and that sort okay. of thing? Yeah, sure. Well, the story is um, I, I, the story is set in seventeen ten, which in mm -hmm. Scotland was the time of the Jacobite uprisings, um, uh, and. My character is, is called Doogie Allen, and I didn't want it to be about the Jacobites. I just wanted it mm. to be about in that time period. Right. And I live in a place called Alva, and Alva is one of the most famous sources of silver in Europe um, during the 18, 17th and 18th centuries. 
And um, so this, it takes place just where they're opening up the silver mine. Mm. And Doogie, um, he has an encounter with a strange individual who's kind of very bright blue eyes, very gaunt, dark hair, very strange looking person. And they have an, uh, there's an accident in the mine and he falls into kind of elements of Quatermass in the pit. He mm. falls in and he discovers something um, that he wasn't supposed to discover. And as a consequence, he's thrown forward in time. And oh. now, he, now it's all, uh, he's, got to, he's got to persuade the authorities because, of mm. course, the military's involved, the police are involved, the government mm. wants to know who he is. He's got to persuade them that there's a huge threat to the planet. And it's a race against time thriller. So it's it's kind of, if somebody said to me, name your book in kind of just one phrase, it's Highlander meets the Da Vinci Code meets the Oh, that, That's the easiest nice. way. That's the easiest way. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, Highlander meets the Da Vinci Code meets the Omen. That's I have the, got to read these now because you named two of my very favorite things there. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm a Highlander nut. I love Highlander. And they're going yeah. to awesome. remake it with Henry Cavill, I just yeah. saw announced. Oh, really? Wow. Oh. Yeah. Really? yeah really? I love the original Highlander. The, the, the sequels, not so much. I love the TV series spinoff a lot. Yeah. Really had a lot of time for that. Um, and Da Vinci Code, yeah. Angel, uh, absolutely loved that as well. I'm not yeah. so much on horror. That's not my genre, but, no. uh, but, yeah. but, oh, super. Well, I love, um, uh, the, he, he discovers this this strange individual, and yeah. basically these these creatures, individuals, they've decided they've determined that humanity is not good. Mm. Um, so they've been around for billions of years. They decided that the dinosaurs, if the dinosaurs were allowed to evolve, <laughs> they would evolve into be a dangerous species. Mm. So they were wiped out. And now they've decided to do the same thing with man, right? Oh, interesting. So it's how a race against time. Yeah. Um, are these are these beings angels? Are they demons? Mm -hmm. Are they aliens? You don't yeah. know. Yeah. So I'm I'm, um, I'm halfway through the third book just now. Amazing. So, um, so the third book is called The Last Salvation. Nice. So and it's and it's coming along very nicely. Beautiful. Well, I'm I'm definitely going to be checking those out now, Andy, because I, I did before we talked to you today. I, I did take a look on Amazon yesterday and rave reviews. Um, I, I I'm sure I'm, we're going to recommend to everyone go and check it out, and we'll put links in the show yeah, notes sure for, for your books as well. I'm super inspired because, like you, I've always wanted to write a book my whole life. It's been on my bucket list. Okay. I never imagined it would be a technical book. That just sort of happened. Yeah. Um, and I'm a firm believer in things happen for a reason and fate and yeah. destiny and all that sort of thing yeah. and that's sort of my in for for getting my first book but like yourself i do have a, a passion to write um i don't know what it'll be whether it'll be fiction whether it'll be something more life story maybe he's connected to my son and his journey yeah. but um yeah, there, there is a there is a book in me somewhere i've always i've always said that so everybody's you, got a book in them everybody's yeah. got a book and you've super inspired me and the, the thing is, don't let anyone tell you you can't do it. Mm. Never let anybody tell you you can't do it, because you can. You Absolutely. Know? And how was the process for you of getting published? Was that something that was difficult or was I, it easy? Basically, the, the, the first thing that I did, I came up with a number of titles. In fact, the book uh, originally, <laughs> The Seventh Day, was, was um, 
it was untitled. But mm -hmm. when you look at the seventh day, the reason why I called it the seventh day is because it mm -hmm. takes place over seven days. Um, but the, it talks about the book of Revelation. Um, there are seven books of Revelation. It talks about the seven candlesticks, the seven angels, the seven churches, the seven days in the week. There are seven continents on the planet Earth. Mm. The number seven seems to come up an awful lot, don't you think? It does. Uh, it does. Uh, well, in another very, yeah. another very yeah, famous um, book series, the Harry Potter, there's seven books there as well. So yeah. seven, yeah. seven's a very, a very um, important number. You're absolutely right. So, yeah. so, um, but yeah, for me, um, wrote the t title synopsis, so I know what the story is going to be about. Um, then I'll write down, I'll bullet point the book. So I'll have mm. like 20 bullet points. Yeah. Um, so a bit like you writing your technical book, like, a, you know, the exam points. And mm. then basically I'll flesh out each of these so that they become chapters. And before you yep. know it, you know, two chapters becomes 30 chapters, becomes mm. 80 chapters, becomes a book. Um, <laughs> uh, and did you know the whole, I mean, when you started out, did you think, did you have a whole trilogy in mind? Did you did yeah. you have the end? Fantastic. Yeah. So so yeah. you knew the end. You knew what you wanted yeah. to get to, what your what your yeah. end point was, and yeah. now it's broken down into three three yeah. books. The Fantastic. only thing I would the only thing I would say that changed is I, I would say that the second book, I think I wrote it much better than the first book because <laughs> I evolved as an author. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I felt I learned so much. Um and you know, also um, my my daughter is wonderful. At, she was an editor. She's a fantastic editor of my books, mm -hmm. and I paid somebody a lot of money to edit my first book, mm -hmm. and they were useless. <laughs> <laughs> they were useless. Um, so you know, I paid. Uh, I, I you know, I had a couple of editors in the second book, and interestingly, they all came up with exactly the same suggestions but i also write i do beta copies of my book as well mm -hmm. um, so i'll send it out to a few people not friends i'll never send it to friends because friends are biased yeah that's I'll true it, you know and don't take it personally i'll send mm -hmm. it out to people that i don't know um yep. and I'll, I'll get the feedback so does this work what do you think and so on yeah, that's uh, and that's it yeah that's an interesting okay. idea because i've seen there's a website it's called uh it's called lean pub and mm -hmm. it can serve as a way of kind of sending out, I don't know if beta versions is the right words, but as far as you can pay and you can get the chapters mm -hmm. as the author completes those chapters. Yeah, yeah. And I know uh, Don Jones, who's of PowerShell yeah. fame. I know Don Jones, yes. Yeah, so he kind of went through the same process. And as far as he writes fiction and his book, uh, The Never, which is kind of like a Peter Pan style fiction book. Uh, he published it through LeanPub in a in a similar kind of way. So it's it's cool that you can kind of, kind of take these things from the tech industry and apply them to something as yeah. something as ancient as the publishing industry. Yeah, it was like Mark Rasinovich with his books, Zero Code, and yeah, and his fiction trilogy that he yep. did he did quite well. And uh, I know Mark very well, and he put a nice quote on the back of my book for me, which was fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, Mark Rosinovich is, I don't know how he's even human. The, the, you talk <laughs> about high output, you know, the CTO of Azure, and his, uh, yeah, let's not go in there. Yeah. <laughs> a lot, lot of respect for Mark. Uh, well, actually, you know what? Speaking of not human, and potentially, uh. <laughs> potentially what Mark Rosinovich is. 
let's talk about Terminator. So this is the uh, this is the the question we put to all our guests, and this yeah. actually, you know, this determines whether or not our guests are allowed to come back on the show, mm. uh, whether or not they give the right answer. So Terminator One or Terminator Two? Oh, I would say I would have to go with T two. Hey, hey. Yeah. there you go. Another one for actually, T2. you know, the other day I was watching T3, mm, and cool. actually, it's not bad. Is it, it aged better than you think? Hey, has it aged better than you think? Yes, it has actually aged pretty well. T1 never uh, hasn't aged very well, that's looking mm. pretty old now. Yeah, um, but T2 is, is still great, and that's so um, uh, uh, that, that's one of the great things, by the way. If you ever get to Ignite, um, <laughs> Microsoft always hire out Universal in mm. Orlando, mm. yeah, so you can just go round Universal as often as you want, and you go on every single ride, and you come off and go back on again, and it's great. And one of the, one of the things there that they have is the Terminator 2 experience, uh, oh. which was great. Yeah, which was great. Oh. I, didn't, I didn't know there was yeah. a Terminator 2 ride. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah. It's, kind of, an interactive, it's yeah. kind of an interactive show. It was an interactive <laughs> show. Well, in Rue, in my opinion, you've given the correct answer. So um, that notwithstanding, we would definitely want to invite you to come back and talk to us again uh, at some point in the future when when uh, when your next book is out. And of course, super excited to, uh, to to not only read your first two books, uh, Andy, but uh, uh, then when when the third one comes out, you'll have to let us know, and we'll uh, uh, we'll, we'll read that too. And, and cannot wait, absolutely cannot wait. Pleasure. Absolutely, Brilliant. absolutely. So I guess if you know if we wrap things up now, I guess you know. Thanks for joining us. That was really nice to meet you uh, and hear about everything you're up to. If, right if folks want to find you online, uh, you know, websites, LinkedIn, <clears throat> training, things like that, where's yep. the best place to? Where's the place best to get in uh, touch with you? Web, website andymalone.org. You can find me there, um, uh, and also uh, I, I've come off Twitter. I don't. I'm not on Twitter anymore. I came mm. off that, um, but I'm on LinkedIn. I've also got my YouTube channel, and yeah, you can find me in those places. Awesome. We will put links to all of that, and then also where folks can, I guess, both listen to and buy your books as well. We'll link to that in the show notes. Uh, definitely sure. recommend it. I'm currently okay. making my way through the audio version of your first book just now, which is which is good stuff. Enjoy. Thanks. Cool. Yeah, and I'll be I'll be getting into it for sure as well. Um, looking forward to it. Cannot wait. Pleasure and good luck with your books as well. Okay. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> so with All that, right. uh, I guess we'll we'll sign off then from episode right. ten of uh, Cloud Conversations. Uh, I've been root, root, root. I've been root. No, we're not guarding. <laughs> You've been that. rude. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you managed to get fifty-eight minutes through a show without uh, blanking it. So yeah, so I've been Rue, and we've been lucky enough to be joined by Andy and. Pete rising yeah Pleasure. thank you so much for joining us and we will see you again next time take care take care awesome everyone cheers